From DeCamilla Capital Management in Sacramento, California, this is What's Cooking on Wall Street with your hosts, Dave DeCamilla and Ty Rickman. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the DeCamilla Capital Podcast, What's Cooking on Wall Street. I'm Ty, here with Dave. Dave, how are you today? Ty, I'm excellent. It's a, it's a beautiful, clear day in Sacramento. Yeah, unseasonably warm, but we'll take it. 70 degrees, 80 degrees all through the week. Not too shabby. That's right. We've talked about it. We think, you and I, that Sacramento has the best weather in the country. Agreed. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, today we're going to discuss headline risk. Now, there's all kinds of risk out there, uh, systemic, market, many varieties. But the one we're going to focus on today is headline risk because there's a lot of it going around. You hear talk about trade wars. You know, Is there a recession coming? So, Dave... How do you trade stocks around headline risk? It's real easy. You don't. All right. Well, that's our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on What's Cooking on Wall Street. Now, seriously, though, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but that is true. There really is no way to trade around headline risk. And why is that, Dave? Well, the general rule is it's not a good idea to base long-term investment decisions on short-term domestic or geopolitical headlines. Think of a headline, Cuban Missile Crisis, Germany Invades Poland, Berlin Wall, Oil Embargoes, goes on and on. There's been all kinds of headlines over the history of mankind and in my almost 40-year investment career that would prompt one to say, oh, now is not a good time. Secondly, it's important to bear in mind that Stocks go up over long periods of time. It's as if you're looking at someone go up a flight of stairs using a yo-yo. If you focus on the yo-yo, you'll miss the fact that the, the entity is moving higher over time. And that's what stocks do. So one, keep in mind the long term. Two, stocks go up over a long period of time. And three, if you're looking for some type of headline, don't fight the Fed. Meaning Fed meetings, people do pay attention to those. Because it sets the interest rate cycle. And the general rule there is don't fight the Fed. Meaning, if the Federal Reserve is making credit available and money available, stocks generally do pretty well. And if they're tightening, it's generally a little rougher period for stocks. Under either circumstance, those are generally 18 to 24-month events. It really shouldn't dictate one's long-term investment philosophy. And to clarify, the Fed does this by changing interest rates? Well, what they do is, for example, uh, there's open market operations. They can buy or sell treasury securities. If they're buying treasury securities, they're buying something that isn't money, a treasury, and paying for it in cash, which is money. So buying securities means they're flooding the market with liquidity. If, on the other hand, they're selling securities, they're selling treasury bond, which isn't cash, they're taking cash in and taking money out of the system. So there's that. There's the reserve ratio, the amount of money banks have to keep on reserve. Uh, If they raise the reserve ratio, it means banks have less money to lend. Then there's uh, overnight interest rates. There's several various strategies the Fed can use. This quantitative easing is basically putting more and more money into the economy. It's a range of behaviors, but neither strategy, lightning, you know, making credit available or tightening, is enough to derail a solid long-term investment strategy. It ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes. But over the long run, McDonald's, as an example, has made money in all kinds of monetary environments. And you could say that 
for virtually all the Fortune 500 companies. It's just that in, under some headlines, it's a little easier, and in other headlines, it's a little harder. And so, to carry on what you're saying, it's important to have a portfolio built to withstand whatever may come. Right. And one of the things you could, if you one needs a, a way to look at headline risk, there's three types, in my view. There's geopolitical headlines. That would be Brexit, OPEC, you know, China trade issues. There's domestic uh, headline risk, Fed meetings, elections, public policy issues, and so forth. So that's a domestic thing. And third, there's company-specific headline issues, quarterly earnings reports, fundamental problems. For example, right now, Boeing is, has an issue with one of their planes. A Johnson & Johnson had a, had a problem with the opioid thing. Those are specific to the companies. All headlines. You know, the bottom line is pay attention to headlines, but your long-term success is a function of basically business fundamentals. You know, the headline issue kind of takes the air out of the room, but it's temporary. And what really carries the day is solid operating earnings. And that tends to overcome headline events. Right. If you have a portfolio that's constructed of best-in-class companies that are built to last, they can weather these storms. That's exactly right. And that's the idea in terms of security selection. And when it comes to headline risk, don't let the tail wag the dog. That's right. That's, that's exactly it. right. Now, speaking of tails, fish have tails. That's right. And like you said, it's been unseasonably warm here in Sacramento. So lighter pasta dishes might still be on the menu. And yeah. I think you've got something for us, Dave. Yeah. Well, I do. Um, this this goes back to the back in my childhood. Um, when your Catholics couldn't eat meat on Friday, it was a real disaster in our household, typically. Except for the fact my mom would make uh, thin spaghetti with tuna, which was, sounds absolutely crazy but it's an italian thing and it's a pantry dinner it's really it's really good and it's really tasty and it's fast it's not hard to do you should have all the ingredients in your pantry pretty much you're going to need a pound of thin spaghetti a can of solid albacore tuna in water but if you could find some good quality italian tuna that's even better a handful of italian parsley a couple three garlic cloves some crushed red pepper Italian seasoning, one can of crushed red tomatoes or whole tomatoes, which you can blend yourself. Now, this is an optional thing, but I, I do recommend it. Three or four anchovy fillets. They're really good. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your, um, in a large skillet over medium heat, saute your anchovies. Your house is going to smell like the uh, fisherman's wharf, <laughs> but the anchovies will dissolve. When they dissolve, you add your chopped parsley and your garlic, minced garlic. Be careful not to burn it. Add the seasonings, Italian seasonings, uh, so, and the crushed red pepper to the garlic and parsley and anchovy and the olive oil. Add more olive oil if, if need be. You can never use too much olive oil. It's a good thing. Sweat it out for about three minutes. Then add your crushed tomatoes, a cup of white wine, and cook it until the sauce reduces. If it gets a little too thick, add some water. That should take about 20 to 30 minutes. Toward the end, that's when you flake your tuna, and drain it, and flake your tuna into the red sauce. To go back, about in about 20 minutes into the process, or 10 minutes, get your water on a boil and cook your pasta to al dente. And then take your pasta out with a, uh, what do they call them? Tongs. Tongs, yeah, it was, thanks, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> with tongs. And you just put it in your skillet and cook your pasta with the sauce and... Uh, you're ready to go and make a little salad. 
Now, the one caveat is no cheese on seafood pasta. Again, that's the no-no. Really? Yeah, you can't do cheese on seafood pasta. That's that's. And in our Italian culture, it was taboo. Huh? You generally don't do that. I think it's important to point out, full disclosure, uh, when Dave says no such thing as too much olive oil, Dave does have an interest in an olive orchard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, one last thing, with that, once you make your basic sauce, you could add shrimp to it, you could add scallops, clams, uh, white fish of any type. It makes a nice base for any kind of seafood sauce. Nice. Very so, good. Enjoy. All bon right. appetito. Well, thank you, Dave. And uh, don't don't let the headline shake you. Yeah, I don't. And uh, enjoy some nice thin spaghetti with, with tuna. tuna. That's all right. We'll see you next time. Bonus. Bonus.